I but then I had to wrangle Art and he's hung over. Hey. Tell people that. <laughs> Brian? Is that just a picture of Brian? Uh oh. Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, son of a <laughs> I can't do it today, Brian. I can't do the jokes. I can't do it. Can't handle the jokes. Can't handle it today, Brian. You're hung over and then you're in a you're in a soundproof room with Paul. Yeah, I'm in trouble. Kirsten, thank you for the invite. I'm sorry I couldn't come. That looks delightful, and I'm glad that you're also hung over today. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, sorry. Like, I wanted to invite you, but it's that whole... I was trying to keep it to six people. Yeah. Sorry. I was saying that this whole, like, expand your bubble thing, it's going to be a fun social experiment. For mm. people. Let's see who's everybody's friends are. <laughs> top six. Who's the top six? <laughs> it's like those the my five friends on your but, it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, How good to know I'm number seven. Not quite. <laughs> Make the list for Kirsten. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. You know why, too? And I admit it. Because, Brian, I told Kirsten, like, no, sorry, I can't come. I'm already drunk, so I can't drive. <laughs> um, so that she would leave me alone. Um, when really, I... I was sitting in the backyard all day, but I wasn't drinking, but I was, when you invited me, I was getting ready to have a nice bath. Aww. <laughs> I would have left you alone if you'd told me that. You would not it have. Was, we would have had a pretty good laugh about you it. Would there's not, no, there's yeah. no doubt about that. You would have chirped me. Yeah, you would have chirped me. But it was so delightful. It was a really hot bath, and I lit candles and everything. It was really lovely. So. Aw, nice. <laughs> okay, so what's the story behind that big picture of you right oh you missed it he made a joke as if he was sitting doing there. this kirsten figured it out right away she's like she waved at me she's like hi and yeah. she's like oh you're a picture <laughs> ryan can you hear us yeah and then look and then he did this. I, I know you're not that mean to not wave back at me <laughs> yep, ryan this is like the modern equivalent of like those answering machine messages that are like hello yeah no yes. you've got the machine just kidding leave Which a message you absolutely had didn't you brian <laughs> oh totally <laughs> brian oh my god i okay i was just kind of faking it and playing along with all the bloodshot jokes but i got a um like an actual uh, commercial for it while i was watching youtube yesterday yeah and what the fuck with that movie I know, right? What the? Is it not good? I had no idea. I just thought it was like generic, whatever, bad Vin Diesel. But then, like, the bad guy has six arms and is a robot or something. Like, what the fuck is that movie? So you watched it. Wait a minute. It. What movie are you talking oh, you about? You just Bloodshot? listened to the review. Bloodshot. Six arms and is a robot? The Vin Diesel movie. What's the one that just came out? That's Bloodshot. Yeah, Bloodshot. But did he fight a guy that had six arms and was a robot? Yeah, didn't you watch it? I watched it. Now I'm like, did I pay attention? <laughs> oh, no. Are you sure? Th- I'm pretty sure. I was like, what is this trash? And then it said, like, bloodshot. I was like, oh, fuck. That's what they're talking about? Uh, I'm going to check on this Now I here. have to watch I it. I totally six don't arms. remember the six, six arms. Isn't there a guy who's like robot arms? Like a robot spider. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, sorry. No. Uh, How did you forget just... this? <laughs> Today on the Geek Out Podcast, a Samsung spin-off company is making a really cool pretend window which will make you feel like you've got real sunlight when you're trapped at home during, during a pandemic or something. Facebook has bought Jiffy, so now our peanut butter will spy on us, too. Oh, wait, sorry. Dude, Jiffy, fi- don't. Sorry, no. right. 
Facebook has bought Giphy, so now our gifts will spy on us too. <laughs> J- Jonah Hill holds the record for on-screen swearing? Fuck, really? The guy who wrote 1997's Batman and Robin has apologized for how bad it was. And Weird Al says there's no problem that can't be overcome when you get a bunch of celebrities together to sing something. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast. This is episode 85. We record this on May 19th, 2020. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. I'm DJ Boy Tano. Nobody fell for my Zoom background prank, which was to have a picture of me on my Zoom background. I I and fell for Kristen it. Kristen was the first one in the chat and was like, ha, oh, it's a picture. I fell for it a little bit. <laughs> I fell for it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Paul <laughs> fell for it for a little bit. I've been recording too, so I can play that back. I also felt like very ashamed though. Like even though I was like, I said hi to the picture and then after I was like, oh no. Well, I'm glad Brian's not here to see this. And then your <laughs> face popped out and I was like, oh no. <laughs> I was waiting along the side. <laughs> so clever. <laughs> Oh, and I also do the mixtape in the afternoon zone. Yes, and I'm Bulbasino. And you also did a great job on the um, stream, Brian. We should say that here we blew a bunch of sunshine and smoke up your ass this morning in our uh, announcers meeting, but also... For like 20 yeah, minutes. No, but it's true. That was the best thing that happened all week, oh. and it was a very enjoyable. Everyone had it that I saw on their TVs. Go ahead, bud. There. Thanks. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it was awesome. It was like finally a live stream of something worthy enough to have on the TV rather than the phone just propped while I don't pay attention to it. It was awesome because I know you were concerned about it being boring, right? That yeah, that was the main concern because I've and I've seen some live streams before and uh, I've seen some people actually fancy it up in terms of like they put themselves in front of a green screen and then they have all these visuals and stuff. Right. But a lot of the ones, especially you know the DJs, and I was like, I love DJs mm. um, because I am a DJ and I don't want to like give them any flack, but they're not the most fun people to watch. Yeah. Um, Especially if they're doing like an hour long set and they're standing in the same place, seemingly pushing the same buttons and tweaking the same knobs and doing all of that stuff. Yeah. So that was my main concern was that like if I just have a singular shot on me for an hour, it's just going to be like, now what? Yeah. But it was for the music, right? Yeah. That second, that second shot. I'd like, I don't know, just having that second shot was like so pro. I was like, oh, now we're up close. Yeah. Now we're far away. And now we're up close. Like, it was really- and now we're watching Jean Claude Van Damme dancing. <laughs> yeah, I liked, I liked all your great. little dancey videos. Those were great. The, like, the Friends one yeah. and the Seinfeld one, I think, was in there. It was really good. Yeah. But Kurtz is right. Seeing the close up of your hands and seeing what you're doing, um, like, I don't know, because for me, that stuff really holds an interest for me from a, a technical uh, and a musical mm-hmm. uh, and a creative standpoint. Uh, and I'm sure I'm not the only one because, yeah, it's really neat to see some of the nitty gritty, which we don't yeah. often get mm-hmm. to see from a DJ. Yeah, I agree. And it, uh, it takes a good DJ to actually do that, I feel like, because what's stopping a lot of DJs from, you know, it's like putting that, a, a camera on that and projecting it on a big screen behind them mm-hmm. in a live setting, right? And I think the very, very few DJs actually will do that. The best DJ that I ever saw perform live was... Uh, girl talk mm-hmm. at sasquatch uh sasquatch festival but then they just he just like brought up like a thousand people up onto the stage to just dance yeah right and that's kind of what 
you have to have something like that because otherwise then you get Moby and it's like, okay, great, I've seen your inflatable legs, now I'm bored. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, and Because Art, Art even said, like, well, it's about the music, isn't it? It's like, yes, it is about the music, so then why don't I just play it out of my speakers? If you're going to do it in a visual medium, you've got to do something. And that was the nice thing, Brian, is that like, I would have it on the screen, I would enjoy the music, and then I would feel like, oh, I can't wander away from this because I'm what there's something to see now mm. every once in a while I would switch it up so, so for good. me I was outside and I had a little speaker box and I had it all my phone playing a little bit away from me and it was next to a propane stove fire thing and it was just really nice yeah I posted on my Instagram I liked your setup art your setup art looked really good actually mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was really it was really sweet yeah it was good well guys um, Wait, so as we record this, well, thank you. Shut up. <laughs> this this week, Kirsten, you want to uh, well, introduce the art? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah, here. we're not. Oh geez, sorry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not cutting people off. It's just that Paul goes too long and distracts me from the formatics. Yes. Okay. Yesterday, or last last okay. last week, it was Kirsten. Now it's me and Kirsten. Yeah. Please, my so Next week, we'll yeah. cut uh, uh, Paul off. I'll preemptively go in front of Brian and cut him off. <laughs> but Kirsten, also, so you don't accuse me of leaving it out. Kirsten is destroying me again this week in our stupid activity <laughs> contest because I didn't move on Saturday. I did. Like, did you see my exercise ring? It didn't budge. Yeah, I just need because to I read didn't, you this text that I got from I, Paul. Uh, yeah, Saturday. I begged her, just don't move. Today I'm hoping because she's hung over that I'll get catch some, make some ground up, <laughs> but I doubt it. I got at six o'clock on Saturday. If you want to take today off, feel free. Tanaz and I have been crushing Game of Thrones all day, and we just split chicken six four nine. So it's very unlikely <laughs> that I move that that I budge that exercise ring. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why, when you challenged me again, yeah. that I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll put I'll put my calories up, Paul." Let's go again. Let's go again. And so then, oh man, when was it? Was like it was it on Sunday? Were you thinking to yourself like? I wonder how many calories I can burn taking a bath. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but according to Dr. Rhonda Patrick, you can burn calories. It's very similar. It's very similar to a cardiovascular workout. So, Paul, say who you are, for God's sakes. I already said. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're waiting for Art. Well, then pass it to Art, please. Yeah. Well, Art, Aronson, yeah, Art Aronson, news reporter. <laughs> Kirsten James. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm so glad we waited for that. Okay, great. <clears throat> Guys, this week was my 400th geek out. Hey! Wow. Hey! Insane. I, I said that just to take all the fire away from Brian, because uh, that, that DJ thing was... No. <laughs> oh, and I, you know what? I also didn't mention that Bud helped me in a huge way with all the visuals that you did see. Oh, those so, visuals like, look the, like, so good. Yeah, like the, the mixtape visual yeah. with the record and like the, the fuzzy screen background. All of that stuff was Bud. And, like, did you do the like where the record came like rolling in, Bud? Did you yeah, animate yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it looks he so good. Yeah. yeah, that was my completely sucking at uh, Adobe Premiere and not remembering how to do any of that stuff. But uh, I managed those. Great. I, got, I have a lot of notes for next time. Right. <laughs> no, it looks awesome. <laughs> Anyways, for my 400th geek out, I talked about <laughs> this geek out kind of went off the rails, actually, in a good way. I talked about Sunny Five. This is um, it's sort of a company that's been spun off of Samsung. Samsung has this thing called C Lab, where they incubate, uh, which is like sort of like mentor and take care of little tiny startup companies, except the little tiny startup companies are spun off from Samsung's own staff. 
Hmm. So just on Monday, they announced like five new companies doing five new things. And one of them was a window-type device that give you sunlight anytime, anywhere. Uh, what they're making basically what? is fake windows. Uh, they're making like rectangular synthetic windows. Are you okay, Paul? Uh, I'm just in love with this. Please continue. Wait, okay, Samsung okay. is making windows? Oh. <laughs> well, they make TVs, and so... So, okay, yeah, so... That it was because windows is... Oh, I guess. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay, right, anyway. Yeah. Computer joke. Like light therapy devices, seasonal affective disorder, none of this is new. There are certainly lights out there, but these are lights as large as your window, and so probably expen- as expensive as redoing all your windows. We don't know anything about pricing or anything, but so they have the full range of color temperature, and it can look like sunrise or midday or sunset, wow. and you can set a timer and everything. Can you set a timer the so coolest- that it, does, it changes and does that throughout the day? Yes. Oh, yes. my God. But oh, wait, fucking Paul. wonderful. <laughs> this is the coolest thing in the video, which was actually from an earlier iteration of the co- I got a company. I kind of got confused because it came from CES of this year. But in the video, they actually show that the light is able to mimic the movement of the sun Whoa. and like the rising of the sun. Oh, and they had Christ. a video of this lady asleep and that line goes up from you know below her mattress to oh, across her face. No. So it's like you're waking up to a real sunrise, which is amazing. Now, the bad news about this, of course, is that we don't know anything about it or when or if it's ever going to come out. Like, Samsung is Samsung has spun out, like, 45 little Samsung kind of companies, and none of them really become a household name or made anything that we would know about. Um, but right after the geek out, Dylan and I got to talking, and he got himself a high-end Philips wake-up light. Oh, yeah. And we spent another five minutes off the air talking about this thing. I went and looked up reviews and ordered one immediately wow really um, because dylan like swore up and down by this thing and the reason i'm so horny yeah, for this is uh, three, i love it two, so much one. first thing i'm gonna do is buy one with my own money for this very room that we're in that i seem to spend most of my life mm-hmm. locked in which is like a windowless box and i hate so much um because that is so good. Sunlight, I feel like, is so important. Isn't it like... Right now, Brian, I see you're sitting in a window room mm-hmm. with sunlight. Kirsten is sitting outside getting real light. <laughs> Bud is like in a full sunlight room. I was so happy today, like during our Zoom meeting, that I was walking around my house. And yeah, you could see that like in every room, it's just flooded with natural sunlight. It means so much to me. Our control room and the zone control. All windows, all natural light. I hate unnatural lights for the most part if I can avoid them. So this is like a big, big thing. And I have so many machinations for this already. Can this, Can if Samsung is making it, can they integrate it into their next models of TV? They have really cool models now where it looks like it's the background of the, what, the brick wall that you hung your TV on, mm-hmm. right? So it looks like it's just nothing sitting there. Okay, cute, cute, kind of gimmicky, whatever. Kind of still nice. Could they do this so that in, in ambient mode, you turn your TV so that it's the sun. It's just natural light. And in small apartments and whatever, you've got this. Now, my question is, Bud, like, I want to know. Sorry, I'll let you get back to your Philips one here in a sec. But does it actually like is it like actual sunlight? Are you getting actual vitamin D from it? I can't imagine that that's the case, right? So does it have any of the actual natural attributes? Because that's the other thing this weekend. All I did was 
spend my time learning about like how, especially right now with mm-hmm. COVID out, you know, wreaking havoc, what we can do for our immune systems. The more we can do for our immune <laughs> systems, the better we are actually to um, fight this thing should we catch it. And vitamin D from the sun is a major, major thing with that, a major uh, proponent of your immune system and get it better. And that's so, that's why I brought it up, because the timing with COVID and everything right. is perfect for this kind of thing. Now, I, I, I even said in the Geek Out, like, I, I want a doctor's call on this, but the company claims <laughs> that it does synthesize vitamin D. How? What? I have no How? idea. Wow. But if that's legit, Boom! That would be a, a huge benefit for this thing. And yeah, Paul, what you said about being able for the TVs to be able to do that, that's one window right there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was talking to Dylan about um, my situation in the office. Like, this, this working from home thing has been great because yes. where I am and where Kirsten is, when we're in the office, we're in a repurposed voice booth. So we don't have yeah. windows to the outside. We have our door goes to the hallway. The hallway goes to the music department. At the, end of the other end of the music department, there's a window. <laughs> so sometimes if I squint, I can see what the light level is like. I can't really tell what the weather is. Um, so this, uh, yeah, this working from home thing has been really great for me personally. Okay, well... Let me propose right now that you, bud, should switch offices because you actually spend time in your office. And it drives me nuts in that music department. I won't name any names, but they they were moved in there, I remember, years ago. Mm-hmm. The music department went into from a room with no window into a room with a window so they could have a window. And now somebody who uses that office constantly closes the blinds. And turns on the fucking halogen lights. Oh, no. Really? That's awful. Yes. And I, if I'm working in there by myself, I'll go and turn off the god-awful, soul-sucking, horrific halogens. The safe ways. And open the beautiful, huge window to the blinds. And then as soon as I leave, somebody, I don't know who it is, (laughs) Brian, I don't know how you live like this, fighting with these, sharing offices with these fucking maniacs, (laughs) they close the blinds to the window. Why do they do that? Yeah, that's my life. But I'm not as upset, but... Out of all of the things that Paul, I would have guessed, would get riled up about... Why? Why? Because why? it has nothing why to do with that? do you remember Boba Fett? <laughs> do you remember the sun? <laughs> yeah. Remember yes. Windows? Yes. So on this Phillips light, <sighs> Dylan talked up and down about like and here's a guy who has to get up at three three thirty in the morning. He yeah. told me that he has not set a backup once since he got this thing because the whole idea about this kind of light whether it be from samsung or whether it be this philips thing which is this little desktop sort of orb and it and it turns on slowly Mm. within the space of about a half an hour we as human beings as dylan said we were once animals living out there in the nature uh not waking up to alarms we have these natural circadian rhythms which you know are sort of sort of ebb and flow as to when we are um best poised to wake up and if something happens like an alarm and we are jarred out of that sleep yeah. we sometimes that's what that's why we come out of there groggy or confused or just like having a bad day kind of thing so having it to be able to gradually wake you up and this is the best thing the one that dylan has um can fade up bird song you oh know? my oh. god 
Yeah, or, you know, there's like five things. There's like Zen Garden and Ocean and various things. You yeah. can also turn on the radio and there's a snooze function. Like, I don't wow. mean to, uh, you know, shill a product, but like I went up and down the reviews myself and ordered the damn thing, not only because I think it would be a fantastic idea, but also because the, the lamp in my room, Brian, the one that I paid your kids $5 for two years ago, it was <laughs> excellent, but it just died. Um, so I need a lamp. And um, yeah, so anyways, the, the geek out went very weird for me today for my 400th. But uh, I, uh, I think I came out on top. No, that's, that's colossal. And I, I mean, like, that's really great. I mean, for Dylan especially, who has to get up at, you know, in the dead of night, really. Yeah. Like, at any time of year that I filled in for that guy, to wake up at 4 in the morning or eh, 4.45 for me. Um, <laughs> like... <laughs> It's bad. It's bad to get up at that time, and I can imagine how uh, that would really, really help if it's, especially if it actually mimics the like warmness and the and the like you say the gradual coming up of the sun. Because I hate to rub it in to Dylan who wakes up at four, or to you all normies with nine to fives. But as afternoon drive, I do not set alarm ever. Okay, and I am woken by the sun. Wow. And uh, the the best wake ups actually that you know I ever had was when I had a canary, and literally that's what happens for for canaries, right? As the sun comes up, she would wake up and she would start her morning chirps, that's and that so cool. would be what woke me up is the gradual yeah like uh, the sun coming up and coming in through my blinds, and then yes if like uh, if birds outside started chirping and then of course my canary would be like the fail safe she would start chirping and wake me up. That is the way we all ought to wake up. True. This, this nine to five, wake up at fucking seven in the morning and get your life together with this horrible alarm is so unnatural. So this is really wonderful. Nice. So we had um, a trailer recorded by the cast of the Umbrella Academy from their homes. Weirdly to <laughs> Tiffany's, I think we're alone now? And I kept waiting for it to build to something, and the only thing it really built to was somebody holding a title card that said season two is coming July 31st. But it was cute. Good for them. Did anyone finish the Umbrella Academy? Nope. Did anyone start the Umbrella Academy? (gasps) Brian? Brian? Oh, I I started... No, no, no. I started it. Um, But Brian, you watch everything. That's incredible. Well, yeah, and I I got four episodes in, I think, and then... I don't remember what happened, but I I just I kind of just stopped, and I don't I don't remember being motivated. I bet you I know what happened. The boys came out. Oh, interesting. Could have been. Oh, maybe. No, wasn't wasn't this like a little bit before the boys? I thought they were around the same time, but or maybe you're in this around the same time. Yeah, yeah, it could have been that. It could have been the boys that that uh, that um, kind of interrupted it for me. But uh, I remember being like pretty intrigued by it. I was very intrigued by that the kid actor that played like the he was sort of like the kid, but like he's a thirty year old or whatever in a kid's mm-hmm. body. Um, just because that kid actor was in a show that my my kids watch, a Nickelodeon show called uh, Nikki, Ricky, Dicky, and Dawn or whatever. And to see him like being violent <laughs> and swearing was pretty hilarious. But uh, but yeah, it's like it was That's it was interesting. Cool. It just. I didn't. I guess yeah. I never got around to finishing it, but maybe I will this time around. Yeah, it lost me pretty quick. I just, um, I don't know. I, like, intriguing enough, and 
there was a little bit of a mystery baked in and everything, but it just like mm-hmm. did the execution for whatever reason. I was like boring, or I don't even know if I made. I, I don't even know if it was boring enough for me to say boring, or if I just it just wafted out of my brain and I never came back to it. But yeah, and that's exactly what it was mm-hmm. for me. And so, yeah. so maybe it does speak to just kind of how engaging it ended up actually being, right? Because it it, it never. Even just now, it was kind of like, or even seeing that season two trailer thingy, um, that's when it was like, oh yeah, this show, yeah. you know, yeah, right. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah this exists. <laughs> that's about all we have to look forward to. The Q sheet, the coming soon section of the Q sheet, gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And this time, there's only one thing. I've got a couple things under coming later, which are sort of announces or down the roads, but we have no dates for them. Well, uh, let the me first s- one. Let me say oh, then. Yep. Sorry, then uh, just real quick, nope. uh, it, we came out too late, I guess, to get on this Q sheet. But there was another trailer for Space Force announced today. Yeah, I saw hmm. there. And it, I'm sorry, I missed that. It looks really good. I mean, like the the hype was big. Like we mentioned for Space Force when the teaser came out, like last week or whenever that was but um i was blown away at the like supporting cast which i don't reckon will probably be on the show a ton you know it looks like maybe they're just gonna be uh there for like the big meeting or whatever but like jane lynch was on it diederick botter who's very funny fred willard i think yeah Yeah. fred willard yeah passed away this weekend oh why right Right. is there in the in the credits very sneakily but like obviously top of mind right now and and so this probably is one of the last things he did and uh you know is gonna be unbelievable in it because he's so good was so good r.i.p um so yeah second best tribute ever Second best what? Tribute ever next to our one from <laughs> I know, last <yeah>. week. <laughs> By the way, so I, I was driving up to Nanaimo and I listened to the the, the podcast um, last week. So yeah, we kind of butchered the Jerry Stiller. Sorry, Jerry. Uh, yeah, sorry, Jerry. Uh, but then afterwards... We did or loungy McFloppy hat over here? What? I don't have anything. Oh. I think, I'm pretty sure we all did. Yeah. Yeah, we all had a hand in butchering yeah. it. What but, were you saying, though, Art? Uh, but anyways, afterwards, for whatever reason, the way my iPhone like downloads podcasts, it, it, it brought me to an old episode of the Geek Out podcast, and it was Captain Marvel. The reviews had just come out on Captain Marvel, wow. and we had a wow. very heated discussion, very passionate discussion about... Uh, the people that came online and were telling people not to go see the movie and do you remember that conversation and yeah. i just i just i just remember listening or i just remember that time and going back to hear us talking about it was it was good we did well guys just want to pat ourselves on the back it was good, good job nice. yeah so, oh okay so we could do something right yeah, but probably also a bit surreal to hear us talking about you know the before times and the normalcy of going to see a movie. Yeah, was that the one where Bud was making the squeaks in the theater? I think it was. I'm sure it was. I remember that. That's every movie. Yeah. So moving on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so um, the other thing though with Space Force in terms of it being interesting timing, especially for the second trailer. I think they kind of like saw the news of last week and like we got to push out a second trailer right now because Trump actually was in the news. Right. Um, he oh, yeah, he right. took a break from like all the coronavirus stuff and he actually re- unveiled the Space Force flag <laughs> from the Oval Office. Yeah. What? And a stupid picture of him standing in front of this flag oh. that was designed for Space Force and he had that 
dumb, idiotic smile on his face. Yeah. And then he continued, like, from his desk to talk about, like, all the initiatives of Space Force, like a super-duper uh, missile. Yeah. It's just the gift that keeps on giving for Space Force. What? Oh, my God. He looks like an absolute tool. What is going on in this photo? The flag is like a very lazy ripoff of the Starfleet from Star Trek. The United Federation of Planets. Absolutely. A thousand percent. Yeah. So very lazy. And so that happened. And the people that made the actual Netflix show are probably like, oh, we got to do another trailer for this. This is marketing right here definitely yeah this was on the same day that he was talking about operation warp speed like it was crazy oh god yeah. this is crazy i was like this is like just everything for space no. force and just keep with it trump keep yeah. it up yeah it's entertaining yeah hey uh don't pay attention to how i fired three uh inspector generals in the last yeah. few months yeah. don't look at those guys Space Force. Space Force. Uh, Unbelievable. Uh, May 29th, that comes out on Netflix? Yeah. And yeah. I was, uh, there's no mention that I didn't feel like doing the looking, but uh, now are they going to drop it or are they going to parcel mm. it? Because from watching this trailer, I was like, wow, this actually looks like great production value. There's some heart to this with the jokes. Like, this is something that I could really enjoy over a, an amount of time. Please don't dig- just shit it onto my face all in one day. Unfortunately, according to Wikipedia, um, it will be shat upon your face all in one day on May 29th. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think that's going to be in the marketing, too. <laughs> Space Force to be shat upon your face May 29th. <laughs> that's so stupid. And... Uh, that is a shame. It is. Come on, Netflix. Because then that it just lesson. turns it into a, a race, a pop culture race. That's what Netflix does, though. Yeah. That's, Netflix is the binge watching thing. Like, it's places like Disney that have started to do the single release. You think they would have learned, though? Like, that's where we think, like, Disney and, and Amazon are doing those, but Netflix has always been about shitting on your face. But, like, even with, the, like, we were just talking before we started this uh, this pod, we were talking about the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, and it was like, yeah. for them, two episodes per week mm. is what they did. Right. Which is perfect, because people to st- are still talking about it, you know, uh, weeks after the first episode aired on Netflix. 100%. Right? Like, why do you, why are you going to just dump it all out there and then have it binged for one weekend and then go away, you know? Yeah, yeah the water cooler talk, right? We need yeah. that. Yeah, we need that. That's what was so great. Game of Thrones, right? Everybody couldn't wait until Sunday night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I'm going to have sex with any of the streaming services, guess what? It's not going to be the one that is done in one day. Wow. Thanks for that, Paul. That's (laughs) great. So, we can have... With with all the streaming services, like, if you can get it all in, like, kind of one package, would you call that a bang bundle? Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Can we not? Dr. Bonnie Henry said just to choose one streaming service. Yeah. And that can be your streaming service, buddy. Okay. So. If if I was having uh, sex with Netflix, I'd be like, yeah, that's a lot. But is that it? Is that we're done? (laughs) (laughs) So. Some stuff. Can you give me a some towel? Stuff that's, oh my god! Okay, Paul, are you quite done? No, no. I have a specific towel that oh, okay. I keep. No, don't talk about so, the towel. Nobody wants to know about the, the towel. Bed. George, 
And Kirsten always thinks I'm gross for it, but guess what? You're all gross. So George Miller has announced a Mad Max. <laughs> George Miller. George Miller has announced a Mad Max Fury Road prequel focusing on a young Furiosa. I believe this is unnecessary. I'd love to know what you guys think. Oh. Which one was that? Was uh, yeah, uh, Charlize Theron, right? Yeah. Who plays? Great question. Yeah. They haven't cast it yet, though. Oh. Like, this is all coming way later. We don't, you know, there's just, like, announces or deals or whatever. So we, we don't know any of that stuff. So we do know that Charlize Theron is not reprising her role as Furiosa, though, because it's a prequel and it's, it focuses on a young Furiosa and fucking George Miller, thank God, doesn't like the de-aging technology. He thinks it's uh, too creepy. Yeah. And so he doesn't want to do it, so he wanted to use her, but they're not going to. Yeah. Okay. That's wise choice. But I uh, want to, to know why it's got to be a fucking prequel. How about could be a sequel and you f- focus on two-year-older Furiosa? How about because- we just keep on moving forward into the life? Mm-hmm. And then I fucking go backwards mm-hmm. and find out when she got her first tooth or something. I don't know. Yeah. What? And have to recast. What the always with the recast when you go backwards in time? Okay? And so that well, causes problems. So I would just keep the cast. We like well, this character. We like how Charlize played her. Yeah, Moving go, along! Okay, but when you go backwards, you can't keep the same cast all the time because unless you de-age them, people don't de-age. People stay the same. This is it! So... So really, you looked at this character and you're like, "I mean, I, am I forgetting Fury Road? Does she die at the end of it?" I don't remember. No, she leads. She, I believe she sort she sort of leads the next revolution. Well, uh, nothing interesting possibly could happen in that. Right? Yeah. Good call. Okay. Right? Like you look at this character and you're like, "Nope, we must go back. We must find out how she came to this place." No, who cares? I've I've only saw the movie once when it. When it first came out, and I know the reviews were for it were just spectacular. Everybody loved this movie. It was an Oscar nominee. Yeah, so it makes sense that they want to do something with it. Of course. Yeah, so you just don't like prequels, so I get it. I get yeah, and this is my prequel bias showing. I understand that. Could be fucking great. Could be the greatest casting choice of all time. Could be even better than Fury Road. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but why? Why Why this choice? I guess we, tr- we trust George Miller now that he really thought long and hard about this. Look, I love, too. I love, obviously, you guys strike while the iron is hot on this franchise. People love it. People love that character. I get it. Go back to that. But why I why go back in time? I don't know. Maybe I'm jumping the gun. Well, th- because I think it's like, I mean, like, I'm not going to say there's not an interesting story to tell, but I think that there was a, a resolution that maybe they don't want to fuck up by going forward that's going to make an interesting story, right? And that I respect. Like, you could have... Sure. You could have the exact same argument for why go forward. Like, if it had a, a great end, why are we now introducing more things? Like, why is the world fucked up again? Oh, really? I, mm. yeah. I, I remember what? a little movie, 1977, Star Wars. And... <laughs> great ending! Great fucking ending! One of the best endings of all time! No, Death no, Death Star blows no. up, everyone gets a medal... No. No, R2-D2. everyone doesn't get a medal. Stand- they had to make eight more movies R2-D2. so that Chewbacca could get his fucking medal. R two D two gets a shine up, okay? A little WD forty in between the joints. But uh, next movie, 
best movie of all time if it was sure said the same thing. Well, the story's finished. Don't want to ruin that good ending. They needed to give Chewbacca a medal. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Anyway, we have something called Sweet Tooth, which is coming soon. This follows the adventures of Gus, part deer, part boy, who leaves his home in the forest to find the outside world ravaged by a cataclysmic event, which is a thing unto itself, but... Team Downey is part of the crew behind this, and this is Robert Downey Jr. and his wife, Susan Downey, so that's why it's uh, uh, particularly noteworthy. Um, yeah, and so that is coming to Netflix, and again, about... Is it a cartoon? Yeah, what the hell is this? Uh, let us find out. Yeah, part it sounded like the same people that put together Velocipaster. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> But this time he's part deer, part boy. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. And he likes to eat candy. No, I, I want to get to that right now. I'm mad at Bud for like, not watching it. No, why? Yeah, why did it, you not watch it? It doesn't specifically say if it's uh, animated, so I guess we're assuming it's live action. Sounds like It sounds horrible, let's be honest. <laughs> it just sounds awful. And Robert Downey Jr., like, what has he done since Iron Man now? He did that awful Doolittle movie. I don't yeah. have to watch it to this, tell you that it's awful. I, I don't have to watch Sweet Tooth either <laughs> to tell you that this is not going to be so good. He'll uh, be back as uh, Tony Stark in no time. Yeah, he better watch himself. This is looks like over too, and it's yeah. like, come on, dude. Like, I, seriously, like, watch out for the legacy. You're going to be known as the guy who was Tony Stark and did a phenomenal job of that, and then bookended it with. Craziness and bad choices. Kept trying too hard. No, man, that's like that's like the prequel to Robert <laughs> Downey Jr. He started with craziness yeah. and bad choices, and then he became Iron Man. Just going going full circle. Nice. Yeah, because his career was like so messed up. Yeah. And then when they, it was like this weird story. Like when they when they hired him, when they cast him as Iron Man, and people were like, "What is this yeah. movie? Like they're taking a risk." on this actor who's like volatile what do you do with a car like he was like drunk driving all the oh, time yeah. Yeah, the, like the, it was insane the price was probably right at the time well there's um an interesting story about uh terrence howard um who was the original war machine yeah uh mm -hmm. he was paid more in the first iron man movie than robert downey jr wow <laughs> oh, um, wow he also then took a pay cut so that the producers would be convinced to hire Robert Downey Jr. Like they they were mulling over Robert Downey Jr. Um, producers were like I don't know this guy's kind of a loose cannon. Yeah. And Terrence Howard took a I forget how much it was, but it was quite a significant pay cut in order for them to to take a chance on him. Oh shit! Wow. Um, but the whole part of the story was because he like he was screwed over in playing in terms of trying to play War Machine for the second. Um, the second one yeah. and, and all the yeah. other sequels. Um, so he tried to get Robert Downey Jr. to help him out in terms of the negotiating. And he uh, apparently he never answered his phone. Oh, wow. <gasps> Friends so, off. Yeah. Oh, boy. Friends off. So there's a, a bit of uh, bitterness there. Wow. From um, Old War Machine. That's a saga. Holy. Mm -hmm. I liked him. I really liked his performance. I was surprised... Obviously, you're surprised when they replace a character, but uh, I really liked Me? the original, as, as I would think of a War Machine. Oh, 100%. And you wonder, like, I mean, I really appreciated what Cheadle kind of did with it after that. Although, Cheadle's kind of a dick. Yeah. Like, that was, that's kind of his... 
the way he plays that character is he's always the one who's kind of being a negative ass. Don't you agree, Brian? Mm-hmm. A little yeah. bit, yeah, yeah. You know, Terrence Howard had that great line in the first movie. He's like, next time, baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great line. And he hits it good. <laughs> yeah. So, Paul, I'd like to get your thoughts on yet another Star Trek series. Mm. Um, with Anson Mount will be in this, Ethan Peck, Rebecca Romaine, another CBS All Access thing. Like, another? I think Kirsten even said... Do we need another? Yeah, this is, yeah, oh, yeah. How many Star Treks are there now? Anson Mount will be Captain Pike. Uh, well, this will be three at once if Picard keeps going in Discovery, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Wait, was Anson Mount not already in a Star Trek show? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so did you guys, did y'all see the announcement when they announced this show? No. In what way? Which announcement? So there was a... Like, I've got a variety article. Uh, no, like, there's a minute-long announcement that the three primary actors made. It's Anson mm-hmm. Mount, Rebecca Romaine, and... I think his name is Gregory, or no, Chris Peck, maybe? Ethan Peck. Ethan Peck, thank you. So, so yeah, them three play the crew of the original Star Trek Enterprise in season two of Discovery. So, Anson Mount plays Chris Pike, who was the captain before Kirk. Yep. Uh, Ethan Peck is young Spock, and Rebecca Romaine plays number one and she's really well cast in that role too they're all pretty well cast i don't love peck as spock he's fine but he's not he's not alien enough looking he's too cute Hmm. he's too much of a cutie pie (laughs) and i I don't think that um the uh the estate of leonard nimoy would mind me saying but like leonard nimoy brought like a real like alienness kind of to that portrayal you know which quinto does and Quinto does. Yeah. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Ethan Peck is too cutie boy. So, anyways, yeah, they're in Star Trek Discovery season two, and they're playing the cast, which is like, which lines up to the original cast of the um, the failed pilot of the original series of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, Spock was the only character they kept because it was uh this dude i don't even know who it was playing pike and they were like we don't like the captain mm. it was Majel barrett who was uh fooling around with roddenberry is kind of you know why she got that role yeah. uh, she went on of course to play the computer on the enterprise for decades <gasps> many series yeah for many series as well as uh, uh she's uh, dana troy's mom mm. um but so she was well cast in that role, honestly. Though oh, she's great in that role for sure, Loxana. But she she was number one, which is like the executive officer on the Enterprise, and the executives at the time uh, just didn't like her as an actress, or like get her out of there. And then there was another a doctor, a, an original doctor as well, who was like an old man, even older than uh, McCoy ended up being, and uh, he was too boring as well. So so for Discovery, they just recast all these characters that preceded the Kirk crew and fans fucking love them evidently and uh, for all my beefs with Discovery which I don't really care for a highlight has been the reimagining of the Enterprise with modern technology the modern set building how nice that is the uh, the actual ship itself in CG model looks pretty good it's um, faithful to the original, but also modernizes it in kind of a fun, cool way. And so, with this announcement that they made, they were like, we are going to do for you a classic Star Trek show 
about optimism, and that's what we need right now, and that's what I've been screaming about, is that Discovery and Picard, even worse, are fucking depressing, and it's action schlock and shit. Where's the exploration? Where's the optimism for the future? Where's the lightheartedness? Where's the friendships between the crew members? I hate to all of that is absent. I hate to be an like an I hate to be like a like an aphorism, but where's the discovery? What? Where's the discovery? (laughs) Right. Great. Right. Great point. (laughs) So I think, and this is what I took from it, but the promise with this new show is, at least from the little hints they dropped here uh, about like what you know the uh, the feel of Star Trek should be, is hopefully we're going to get a classic Star Trek show for all us like classic fans who hate this new kind of Trek where it's like maybe it's a little more episodic but it's certainly a little more optimistic and it actually focuses on you know a captain and a bridge crew who go on adventures and explore strange new worlds and all this stuff and that's the name of the show strange new worlds so Mm. yeah if that's what they do I'm stoked I like I really like that timeline or that era of Star Trek my favorite is the original series I like the swashbuckliness of it, and yes, I like how kitschy and camp and 60s and low budget that all is, too. That appeals to me, but I also just like they go on adventures, they double-hand punch aliens, (laughs) they have sex with green women, they figure things out. You know what I mean? They use their brain to, like, figure stuff out. That's what I like, so I'm really hoping... I have high hopes for this series. The ethical and moral conundrums. Yeah! The actual classic sci-fi shit that Star Trek usually did really well. God, please. Yeah, I know. It's like a third show. But right now, for a lot of Star Trek fans, we have zero shows. Ooh. Because yeah, fair point. Discovery and Picard do not do those things at all. So that's the fingers crossed thing. It's interesting that it's back on an enterprise, which, you know, is like hallowed ground and ooh, we don't want to get too close to it and everything. And like I've said, do something in the same time time uh, as the original series, but just on a different ship, different crew doing similar things. But they've decided to go back to the enterprise, which I guess is smart. I don't know. I have high hopes. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that. Yours was the opinion I was really curious about. Anybody else want to weigh in on this one? I think I might watch it. I don't know, just from the way that Paul described it. If it ends up being like that, that would be something that I would be interested in watching, especially if it's episodic. And I think you're right, Paul, like with the title, like Strange New Worlds, it does sound like it could lend itself to be an episodic thing where they just go visit new planets and, mm-hmm. like, solve the, the mystery of the day yeah. or, or bang the green alien of the week or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. That that sounds good to me. Like, Discovery never... I, mean, I haven't even seen one episode of it. It just never really spoke to me. I watched the first episode of Picard, but that was it. So, I don't know. Yeah. If it turns out like what Paul said, we can put another train on the caboose and, and I'll watch it. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, and, and listen, uh, you know, I, I have high hopes, too, that they also they build out the cast. You know, you need you still need a, um, you know, a, a checkoff replacement to, you know, like a pilot at the helm there. You still need a doctor, an old, you know, maybe it's an old curmudgeonly doctor. Um, for everything that I hate about Discovery, I like the character of Michael Burnham. I love that actress. What's her name, Brian, from Walking Dead? Um Oh, no. Sinequa Martin-Green. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, bud. Um, So, like, yeah, build out the crew with interesting characters like that, and hopefully it's good. Also, like, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I feel like we're going through, like, kind of like a a sci-fi space renaissance right now. Like, there was, Mm. like, 
maybe 10 years there in the like late 90s, well, I guess more, maybe like 15 years, the late 90s till maybe like the early like t- 2012, where there was no space sci-fi, really. It, Has it, anybody watched The Expanse yet? I'm glad you brought it up. I, I uh, got uh, like one episode deep and kind of fell off, but I would like to. I, I know it's... It's George R. R. Martin's like favorite show yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. really. But like... Yeah. And it's... Before the expanse, though, like there was nothing. There was no. There was no space sci-fi, and we're kind of like coming back into it with Star Trek, with the expanse, with uh, these like Star Wars TV shows, and even like movies. Um, it's like a good renaissance. I'm excited for it. Space Force, like um, yeah. there was just there was there was such a need for it, and it's interesting now that we we are going back into space sci-fi's. Even. Um, Westworld to a degree, right? There's not the like spaceships and out in space mm-hmm. elements, but it's that like vision of the future that I think is kind of capturing people right now. Yeah, and look at you know the other thing too is it's never been easier. It, it used to be uh, design a spaceship and then spend uh, a quarter of a million dollars or more on models and specialized cameras, and now it's just like let's eh, go to your computer and make it. And it's the <laughs> CGI and it costs a fraction of it and. Right, we can make it look as as epic and as beautiful as we can imagine for nothing. And all you gotta do is build a nice set, really, for a, and for us to believe it. So, but what were you gonna say? Uh, no, I was, just, I was I was getting ready to switch gears. Let's do it to a different star. We'll go from the Trek to the Wars. Um, you know, Boba Fett will be in season two of The Mandalorian. Uh, Boba Fett series in development, and the latest news. And oh my God, Kirsten, you're right. The photoshopping on the uh, on the image for this story <laughs> at uh, FandomWire.com. Give me the Ghibli's, but um, they're looking to be in development for an Ahsoka Tano uh, live action series for Disney Plus. Wow! So this is the show with the lady from Russian Doll because she said that she was going to head a female-fronted Star Wars TV show. So this must be it. Makes all the sense. Yep, makes all the sense. Because it's Ahsoka, it's Bo-Katan, and it's Sabine Wren. So it's apparently focusing on those three. Um, So it's, it's interesting, though, because I don't think that they've announced that Rosaria Dawson will be playing Ahsoka in this one. Well, she's got it. Only that she's playing her in the Mandalorian season two. Would it make sense if they cast somebody else to to play her at this point? Well, it's quite a commitment. No, but no, they, but there's probably still sure. there's probably yeah. still paper to be signed and deals to be mm-hmm. made before you can make yeah. that official. Yeah, and it's really cool. Um, in this case, so like poor Ashley Eccleston, or you know, the voice actress for Ahsoka didn't get cast, but um, Ashley Eckstein. Eckstein, thank you, um, ectoplasm. <laughs> That's what that reminds me of. Um, but uh, the the actress that does the voicing for Bo or yeah for Bo Katan is going to play Bo Katan in this live action one, which is kind of cool. Oh, that is neat. That's wicked. Yeah. That is such a rare thing that we get um, because you know, and the fans clamor for that. You know, fans that are probably like a level deeper of fan than your average viewer because they understand the performances that are delivered by these voice actors are. They, that that is the character to them, and so they oftentimes will want to see mm-hmm. them cast in a live action, but it rarely, if ever, happens. And it's funny when I passed along this article too, because it was like I think it was right after I sent the Star Trek what another one, but then here we are, like with like four Star Wars TV shows. So 
Eh, I ain't even mad. So yeah. we're pretty sure that these, all of these, are pretty uh, for real, for real. Like, well, in development does mean you know they are working on mm-hmm. it. There could, there's a lot that could happen in between. Yeah, yeah. There's so much that can happen with, right? You know, because there's there's writing, there's set building, you know, casting, shooting, post, all that stuff. None of that has happened yet. So they're they're working on it. So it's as confirmed as confirm can be we'll get on a disney plus there's nothing i'm watching on disney plus right now nothing um i don't something i don't want to um repeat what i screamed last week and blow another blood vessel in my eye but um (laughs) a boba fett show are you fucking kidding me when we have the mandalorian boba fett isn't a mandalorian though he just has mandalorian armor it's the same fucking thing, Kirsten. You know it is. It's not the same thing. You absolutely... Also, we had that conversation last week. I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure that the Mandalorian from the show... Isn't he a baby that was saved by a different Mandalorian or person in Mandalorian armor and raised as such? Isn't that exactly the point of the show? Is that this is the way? This is the way. Yeah, that's right. This is the one. I'm pretty sure. No, he's from Mandalore. It doesn't matter who, who rescued Look him. Look it up! Oh, Look God. it up! Here we go. Look it up! Okay. Look it I'm positive that was a point in the show. Ow. Jesus. So, please describe... This is the way. Thank you. How <laughs> could it possibly be different? For them to for there to be a Mandalorian and a Boba Fett show. Because they'll probably set the Boba Fett show like... Maybe around the timeline of um, the original series. Oh, yeah. How different. <laughs> Will it have TIE Fighters, Kirsten? It's when Paul gets quiet that we all have to beware. Yeah. Where there'll be fucking TIE Fighters? Will be TIE Paul, Fighters? You literally timeline? just fucking said that you wanted a Star Trek that was set at the exact same time as the original Star Trek, but telling different stories. So now they're going to do this with Boba Fett, and you're angry about it because there's going to be TIE Fighters. But, 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 remember TIE Fighters? Oh, stop, Brian. <laughs> Don't poke the bear. Remember AT-AT walkers? <laughs> Here's one. I didn't. Okay. Um, okay. Please respond. Okay. Sorry. that's. I'm uh, trying to defuse that, here. That's. Yeah. Go, well, well, so the thing is, though. But, but the Ahsoka show, sweet. I'm stoked <laughs> for that. That's, that's interesting. No, that's interesting. And good time for it to be set. After Rebels, that's before Force Awakens. We've never seen anything happen during that time. You still get all your fucking TIE fighters and Star Destroyers crashed into the sand. And all that nostalgia poking bullshit. Will there be lightsabers? <laughs> but. But, and, like we said before, Ahsoka is an interesting female character. That's the one that fans wanted. Ray, for a lot of fans, not me, but for a lot of fans, was wasted potential. Ahsoka is the one that evidently they want with her two lightsabers, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry, go on. I think the Boba Fett show, though, that's like one of the first ones I remember hearing about um, when they started doing, like, the the Rogue, like Rogue One, a Star Wars, mm-hmm. or all these side stories. Um, I remember hearing about a Boba Fett story even before The Mandalorian. And then when The Mandalorian happened, I was like, oh, this is the Boba Fett show. This is what they're doing. Yeah, I think, Brian, what you might be remembering is that, yeah, with those Star Wars stories they were doing, the next one that that they were going to do, the next movie, not a TV show, was a Boba Fett one. Yeah. And people, people were angry about it because they're like, we don't want 
a Boba Fett movie, we want an Obi-Wan movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then because um, Solo crashed and burned so hard, they scrapped all those Star Wars stories. But right. there was a Boba Fett movie on the docket that was supposed to get made and released after Solo, but it got canceled. So it's interesting because I wonder if, I wonder how far they were into that process. And I wonder if they've just reworked some of the stuff to make it a TV show now. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know why it's so triggering to me, but like, I, the like I'm down with a Kenobi show. Yes. Let's have more, even though we had three movies of it, let's have more of, Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. I'm down with it. I can imagine stories that would be good there. We have The Mandalorian. Exactly, Brian. We have a fucking Boba Fett show. But the whole Boba Fett thing, to me, just like reminds me, it's just like a bunch of fucking fanboys who are all butthurt that their favorite guy in their favorite mask uh, got killed stupidly into a Sarlacc pit and they never got to spend more time with them and they cry themselves to sleep every night on their fucking Boba Fett bed sheets and they wrap themselves up and their tears in their Boba Fett sheets <laughs> praying and wishing for more fucking Boba Fett and it's just like get over it you f- I think that's yeah, like, I, I think I, you just I, answered I, why it's triggering though for you cuz like you, you have a guy that uh, like Obi-Wan Kenobi who's technically in in between that space he was still out there Right, there's still potential story, yeah. and he was doing stuff. Uh, same thing with Ahsoka; she was still out there technically. Whereas Boba Fett, we all knew where he was after Return of the Jedi in the Sarlacc pit, yeah. right? Yeah. And it was <laughs> yes. like one of those things. You're just like, okay, let to appease fans, maybe he survived, you know? And and that's right? where I think you're being triggered. Uh, yeah, and it drives me nuts. And did you even see like Mark Hamill was asked about Boba Fett coming back to the Mandalorian? And his response, because I think Mark Hamill really can be described as casual fan at best. (laughs) Um, Luke Skywalker. Is he the Gwyneth Paltrow of the Star Wars uh, series? (laughs) Well, I was in Return of the Jedi. (laughs) I mean, it's nothing compared to Harrison Ford, who's like, leave me alone, you fucking nerds. But but yeah, Mark Hamill just goes... uh, Oh, yeah, I would figure that he'd be a couple of decades into slowly being digested in the belly of the Sarlacc pit by now. But okay, if we're going to bring him out and trot him back out for y'all. And it's just as like, uh, Boba Fett, uh, fucking sweet Boba Fett. uh, What? Why? Sounds like you don't really like Boba Fett, Paul. I like him just fine. (laughs) Okay. I like him just fine. Let us please switch. Voiced by Jason Wingreen only. Uh, Oh, okay. All right. Um, Kirsten, I have to bring up this Dave Filoni uh, quote from The Phantom Menace, which, what, like, the actual headline is, Dave Filoni's thoughts on The Phantom Menace are must-see Star Wars TV. It's basically that Dave Filoni would make you think differently about oh. The Phantom Menace, or at least about this one particular portion with the, the lightsaber fight between uh, Qui-Gon... Oh, did we talk about this already? I feel like I've already fucking blown a blood vessel on my eye. Yeah, we fucking shit. We had back and forth Filoni. email on this. Oh my god. Oh, that's right. That's right. In the email. I can't handle this. Uh, can I just say that... Wait, uh, let Phantom- Bud finish the story. He hasn't Sorry, said what yeah, he said on, yet. Bud. Uh, <laughs> Dave Filoni has a different take on on uh, episode one, uh, specifically the the lightsaber fight with uh, Darth Maul and um, uh, Obi Wan and, and Qui Gon Jinn. And it, it's not that it's just a lightsaber 
fight, you know, good guys and bad guys. But what the, you know, sort of the, the result of this fight is going to determine the fate of Anakin Skywalker. That's why it's Duel of the Fates. It's the fate of the kid. And it's sort no! of... No! Oh, okay. <laughs> Absolutely not! Oh. Absolutely not, Filoni! You're, yeah, because what? Qui-Gon's a different type of mentor. I, I, I'm with them. I'm with Filoni on this one. How could Darth Maul possibly know that? Because he has, like, he got, like, a vision. Filoni is full of Filoni. That's the new thing. You're full of Filoni, is what I'm going to say. He is so full of shit. That is such prequel apologist baloney. I... Oh my! It's absolutely bullshit. Oh, by the way, uh, 1999 May 19th, the Phantom Menace came out. Oh, that's crazy! Wow. Oh my yeah. god, wow. 22 yeah, years today, ago. So. Yeah, oh, wow. okay. ever, and that's maybe the most anticipated film ever outside oh, yeah. of like Endgame, right? Yeah. Oh my yeah, god! Absolutely. 22 years ago? Oh, math! Okay. That's horrible. Can I tell you guys something weird? Yeah. I so obviously it was 22 years ago. I was not in radio that long. Uh, I went to Vancouver to see an advanced screening of episode one. Cute. Um, and, and I had like a thing to sign and I was allowed to call back to the morning show, which I was producing at the time. It was a really big deal that they let the producer go to a movie. Uh, so I, I, I was able to call back in the next day and I was able, I had this list of things that I could talk about and anything else I could not so I basically just had to emote about the film with no mm-hmm. specifics whatsoever but I got to see it about a week before it came out and it was kind of <laughs> that's how it started that's how you're emoting it <laughs> oh jeez stop oh Kirsten you're awful oh my god yeah. it's all the fucking prequels we have got to go through this you know collection of cassette tapes behind me or if it's somewhere in your archives I would love to hear that there, me too do you think it's at all possible to hear that? Oh, the calling in or the emoting? I I don't have it. That was a long lot. Like <laughs> oh. the calling in, like that whole audio. I mean, everything, anything we have. That's our new holy grail. Yeah. yeah, I would love to hear the emoting. I'll look for around that time. I know a lot of those air check cassettes are still around in Ed's office. I'll I'll see if I can <laughs> if I can find. Them. I imagine that Ed Bain's basement is full floor to ceiling with cassette tapes of his own show. But and I mean that. <laughs> I mean that in the, in the sweetest way. Mine would be too. But, uh, yeah, that's wonderful. Do you remember what – was it generally positive? Because I remember as a child, a stupid idiot, I was – I went back and, like, watched it the next week. I loved it just because it was new Star I, Wars. I believe it was generally positive because to that time, we had had such a drought yeah. of Star Wars that this was the first, you know, new taste of anything – um, original. Uh, there was a lot of overlooking of what we look back n- on now. Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, the pod racing thing, the kid, the, that whole thing was and always has been annoying to me. But mm. Darth Maul and that music and just the fact that you were in a Star Wars movie, yeah. again, in a theater with, you know, media that were fans and probably because it was like one per uh, outlet kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sure they were handpicking the biggest nerds to go and see this. And the applause at the end of that show when like it was it was loud, like it yeah. was there was a lot of chatter coming out of there. So, yeah, definitely just because of the state of 
Star Wars in pop culture at the time, hugely anticipated and very much enjoyed before we all got a second chance to watch it and really tear it down. <laughs> yeah. I like I I remember as a as a kid as well to like, you know, being so stoked about it as well and um I do have friends and it's it's interesting but cuz they're probably around your age, but I have friends who uh who do remember going to see it and sitting there and being like, "Oh, this doesn't feel right." And then, like, I I won't pretend to be one of those guys as much as I hate Phantom Menace now. I loved it at the time, but like um yeah, you can take a caboose off the Paul's right train in that case. Fourteen-year-old <laughs> like, Paul, but there was a lot that I liked about the film. Mm. But I will admit that in the opening scene, mm. like right after the title crawl, um, there is a moment. It's a very, very wide shot, and Qui Gon and Obi Wan jump down from some sort of hatch that they have opened yes. up. And at that very moment, I'm like, that went too fast. Yeah. That is computer-generated uh, imagery, and that took me out at that moment. It took Darth Maul to get me back in, oh, wow. but like at the very beginning, I was just like, uh, 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 not a natural human way of landing. Yeah, even in 1999. Yes. Nice. Yeah, I hate to say it. Yeah, that was yeah. very new at the time. Mm-hmm. I know exactly the moment you're talking about. All right, I and we were introduced to Jar Jar Binks. Oh. <laughs> you know, I blocked that whole thing out. Thanks for bringing that up. Oh my god. <laughs> Happy 22nd birthday, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> yeah. I, won't, I don't want to scream about it because Darren already just slammed his door. But um, let, me, let me just say that, like, just real quick here and we can move on. But, like, Dave Filoni saying this is exactly what I don't like about everything that Dave Filoni touches. And Strong words. It, it shows... His extreme lack of understanding of what makes Star oh. Wars fucking good, and oh. it's not just a guy, a guy in a in white shorts banging a blue lightsaber against a guy in black shorts banging a right red lightsaber together. That's all he fucking cares about. I disagree. And I went through Paul. that email you guys I sent you. Every single movie that is good. The lightsaber fight actually means something that you have been told leading up to in the movie itself. The battle, I agree. I like watching it, too. And the music is fucking one of the greatest pieces of music ever composed. But That's not, it's not. Who cares? These people don't know each other. Darth Maul has never seen these guys before, or them, him. That's, he just, that's not he what, just that's shows not the point Filoni's up. making. Yes, I know that, but Filoni doesn't get, like, but what is, the point he's making is that he's battling for the soul of Anakin. He doesn't even fucking know Anakin. He doesn't know who he is. Yeah, it's not about, it's not about Darth Maul, though. It's about Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon is trying to live, and he is having a battle to live because of Anakin. He knows he has to raise Anakin because he's got to be that father figure for him. And if he fucking dies, he knows that he's going to have that fate. And- it doesn't have to do with Darth Maul. He could have been battling anybody, but he just knew that Maul was a good enough opponent that he could take him down and kill him. No. And so he was fucking fighting for his life and Anakin. Yeah, and, and Qui-Gon is a different type yeah. of Jedi. Because most of the Jedi, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, they're all, let's do what the council says. Yeah, very political. Qui-Gon is different, right? Qui-Gon was different. Brought brought in this young kid who was a little bit too old, I guess, to be uh, become a Jedi. I, I see. I see where Filoni's going with this. So uh, I agree with him, and uh, you're wrong on this one, Paul. You're the mayor of Wrongville. Oh, absolutely yep. not. How absolutely dare not. you say that? 
How dare you say, I feel like we're going to go to the wall, we're going to get all of the Paul's right cabooses, and I'm going to set them on fucking fire. (laughs) Because how dare you say that Dave Filoni doesn't understand Star Wars. I feel like he is one of the only people that understand what makes a good Star Wars. No! Okay. No! I am burning all of your cabooses. No, trash. And him saying this... Okay, let's give them all back to Lucas then. No, what, he is complete. He's just again. This is prequel apologizing from a guy. He's who not is, apologizing for it though. He's just he he is just uh, saying his opinion of what he thinks this battle is about. Yeah. Like he's not retconning or apologizing <laughs> or anything. He's just saying this is what I feel is going on in this battle. Isn't he? Isn't he? He's. This is a fucking guy who's made a career out of wearing hats and blowing the prequels up past what. Even little there is there. And so now he's trying to, you know, pad out his own legacy of trash with by making this movie more important than it is trash. Can, can I mark trash. this Can I mark this down as, uh, what is it, May 19th, 2020, the day that the Geek Out podcast <laughs> went to shit. It's all over. We're all I done. Was rec- I'm recording this Zoom chat, Oh, Paul. my God. Oh, my God. Paul just wow. Paul just left the room, flipping the bird. He's gone. He's done. Oh my god! The, like we are at a hard agree to disagree on this. But whoa, yep. good call, Art. That is yep. a that is a let's rift. mark it down. Holy, let's lightning. mark it down, guys. <laughs> uh, let's completely change gears, then, please. Yeah. How come you're always such a fussy young man? Don't want no Captain Crunch. Don't want no Raisin Bran. Um. David Cross put out this, the we're all in this together video, um, bunch of celebrities doing the uh, imagine thing, but to Weird Al Yankovic's Eat It, which was a, a lovely response to the silly <laughs> imagine video. And of course, we're all in this together from our Hollywood Hills mansions kind of thing. Uh, incredibly tongue in cheek. Very funny. Very well done. I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it more just because of this whole imagine thing. I don't believe this video would have existed had Gal Gadot not attempted that and it uh, crashed and burned so, so readily. About it, Weird Al tweeted, truly, there's no problem <laughs> that can't be overcome when you get a bunch of celebrities together to sing something. I thought it was great. <laughs> It's the gift that just keeps on giving, apparently. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, did we all see the conversation? Not really a conversation, but the, the tweets, uh, starting with Elon Musk and then Ivanka Trump and then Lily Wachowski? Yeah. Uh, Elon Musk is tweeting on everything right now. Everything. I see he him is, all he? over the place. I'm like, where? Like, how does, it, does this guy not sleep at night? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> All he does is tweet. Yeah, no kidding. No, he just had a baby. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there is also that. (laughs) That explains it. Um, So I'll just, uh, I'll recap. Elon Musk tweeted, take the red pill. And uh, Ivanka Trump tweeted, taken. And of course, the red pill, blue pill uh, references to the Matrix, which uh, Lily Wachowski is a co-creator of. And Lily Wachowski replied to the tweets with a simple... F both of you. Wow. Not F. It was just, <laughs> What's an F? What does Shut that stand up, for? <laughs> um, and just because of the simplicity of this of this of these tweets, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine words. Nine words over three tweets. It it caught quite a bit of fire, but it's uh it's it just sort of shows where Lily is in terms of 
uh, having people like Elon Musk and Ivanka Trump uh, take on the pop culture moments of uh, her movie and uh, her uh, her sister's movie. Man, Elon Musk, like this guy. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to say about this guy. Like he is the ultimate villain that's, right now. This guy. That's, yeah, that's what I said last week. Yeah, he's a Bond villain. Is that what you? Is that what you said last week, Brian? The Bond villain? Did someone say that? Yeah. Okay, I agree with that 100%. And I was just watching Iron Man 2 for whatever reason. It was on TV, and his cameo comes up in that. You and your TV art. We get it. You got cable. <laughs> Peachtree TV. Okay, guys. Jeez. Oh, there you go. There we go. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't want to talk about Elon Musk anymore. Screw that guy. That's fair. Right? I, I, have, a, I have a sports question for you. Yeah. What is what is what is is there a, like a name or a job title for the people that keep track of all the different hockey stats that that uh, hockey announcers can draw from when they're announcing hockey things? Uh, well, stats, stats like there's NHL stats like every game, like every little thing is taken. Stats for every game is taken. Yeah. Who gathers those though? There's actually statisticians that do it like in in the game they're like marking it down and then they then they plug it into you know nhl.com and then it comes up and it just they just add on top of and they have it for years and years and years so yeah apparently somebody has done this for movies and jonah hill has cursed 376 times in movies and that is more than anyone else i love how the article says including samuel l jackson yeah i don't believe that that doesn't seem right to me wait a second was that 376 times like overall or just in the one movie no oh no it's got to be overall well no overall overall that doesn't make sense why not don't you think it'd be higher than that no yeah that's what i thought it seemed pretty low and the thing about samuel l jackson's cussing is that he has like certain lines. I think we as a pop culture think he swears more because these lines are like repeated and repeated and put in memes and mm. pop culture and everything. Yeah. It makes sense to me that statistically he'd be less than somebody else. Um, but that's pretty interesting that it's uh, that it's Jonah Hill. That's why it's just, it just goes to show. It's like it's the the quality, not the quantity. Exactly. It's in the delivery. <laughs> exactly. It's in the delivery. It's it's the way Samuel L. Jackson would say motherfucker. <laughs> that, uh, it's, it's so much more impactful. Like, yeah. When you talk about, like, gratuitous swearing, I would say that kind of Jonah Hill is that. It's like, it's just, well, it's, you know, mu- muttered lot. fucks. Yeah. Right, yeah, every other sentence. It, like, lose all its impact, whereas, like, when Samuel L. Jackson... Like, if you watch uh, This Is The End, it's like every second yeah. sentence has a swear word from Jonah Hill in it, right? Where, and yeah, so he probably has them in like three movies. This is the end, super, super bad, bad. And the Wolf of Wall Street. Probably like every second line yeah. is a swear word from him. Yeah, that's why I thought it was kind of low. Yeah, I was just watching um, Captain Marvel yesterday, and because I'm just I'm near the end of my my MCU rewatch. Oh wow! And my I I didn't realize this at the time, but when the uh, cat scratched his face. He said, "Mother Flurkin." Oh, yes. really? <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Awesome. He, he said, oh. "Yeah." The cat scratched his eye and is like, "Ah, Mother Flurkin." Love it. That yeah. Oh my gosh! That, how did we not catch that? That's hilarious. It's so good. I love that. Yeah. There's that, and then when he's snapped away and dusted, he also yeah. almost says, "Motherfucker," and so it's like, "Yeah, I love that." I love that they've just been like, "Yeah, that can that can be a thing." Yeah. Yep. This uh, Nick Fury. Kind of is Samuel L. Jackson, and therefore yeah. 
Definitely. Says motherfucker yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll put that in the Disney movie, sure. In the comics, when they sort of re quote, quote unquote rebooted Nick Fury and they like they made him a black guy, mm-hmm. um, they made him in the likeness of Samuel L. Jackson. So yeah. I just like everything yeah. about him in the movies is just like this is technically Samuel L. Jackson. That like a little the little Easter it's egg. It's written for him. Well, yeah, and the little Easter egg in Captain America. Um, the Winter Soldier, where they show his grave, the on his tombstone yeah. is the uh, the path of the righteous right. man. The fake Bible right. quote from <gasps> Pulp Fiction. I didn't know it. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, from Pulp oh, Fiction. That's, I didn't. See, it's unreal. That's great. I love it. Uh, can I, I ask it. you, Brian? Uh, are you? How are you rewatching the Marvel movies? Like in like chronological order, or what order? The order that they came out. Release no, order, right? It's more in terms <laughs> of like, order. kind of like in in order of release, but like just in terms of what makes sense with the phases. Mm-hmm. So it like kind of not like after watching Civil War, I. I more felt like watching Black Panther before anything else, even though Black Panther was like one of the later ones after Civil War. Makes sense. Um, It'd be a good palate cleanse after Civil War, though. Yeah. I also uh, skipped the Guardians of the Galaxy from Phase 2 until... uh, So I watched basically all of the Phase 2 ones and then Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 before Thor Ragnarok. Right. Oh, that would be a great chain. I like that. Yeah. So I just ask you because uh, I have some friends who during this pandemic are watching the Marvel movies and they're doing it chronologically. So like Captain Marvel is or sort of the first Avenger yeah, and, Captain then Captain and then Captain Marvel. Yeah. 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 Then Captain Marvel. And the way the, the only thing that screws it up is um, Black Widow. Right. Yeah. Because Black Widow comes before Endgame and everything oh, like right. that. So that's the only thing that screws it up. The off. only thing, like, the, one of the, the articles that I read in terms of, like, what order you should watch them in, uh, somebody, and I think it was, like, a screenwriter or somebody that was quoted by saying this, is that watch it in order, like, the the order that you watch it is really determined by the post credit scenes. Oh, sure, yeah. sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what? That makes sense. I feel like... To the, the, I've seen that too, like uh, articles or memes where they're like, here's the right way to watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And if you try to put it in chronological order, I feel like that's bad because Captain Marvel benefits from you knowing or having a memory, a recent memory of things that have happened in previously released Marvel movies. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a ton of, as Brian, you maybe have seen during this rewatch, there's a, probably a lot of instances like that for throughout the 23 movies and this is the thing where like you you can't do that almost no one can put out a definitive way to watch these movies you can say watch them in in uh release order or you can say watch them in a personal order that i felt is right for me mm-hmm. I, as a fan when there's so much wiggle room and so much juggling that can be done with all these movies brian i think you did the right thing it's just like as a fan i know that i want to watch like these three out of order but together as a little separate trilogy that makes sense for me in the course of you know the otherwise release order whatever yeah you can do, you have to make those juggling decisions personally but any hack who wants to go online and write an article about here's the way you need to watch marvel's universe or certainly to say to watch it chronologically, get fucked, <laughs> go away. There's it's ha- it's too personal of a choice. Yeah. I mean that's we've gotten to that place now even with Star Wars. You know, five years ago I would have told you machete order or or get the fuck out. 
now it's just like, well, I don't know. Do you want to include Rogue One and Solo? There's just so many goddamn movies. Yeah. With with Marvel, it's uh, it's mm-hmm. even more a personal choice. Yeah, and it could be a fun thing. Like like maybe I'll yeah. go back one day, kind of like how you know you constantly rewatch The Office. Maybe I'll go back <laughs> one day and watch it in chronological order because I know everything that happens anyway. Right, so right. it'd just be easy. It would just be fun to see it in that light. But like, if you're watching it for the first time, I think there's just something to be said about the order that they put it out in when it was being released, right? Like, yeah. And and the stories that they were telling, and the little significant little Easter eggs that uh, appeared in each story. So, yeah. True that. Art, I have another sports question for you. Yeah. Uh, who is LaShawn McCoy? I, 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 I passed along this thing about him spoiling the Avengers movie at the time it came out, and when I put it back into the cue sheet, I only Googled him today and found out that he's a, he's a sports ball guy. Yeah. Is he anybody of note? Yeah, he's, uh, he's singularly responsible for me winning my fantasy football league in the year 2011, I think. Oh! oh. Anyway, running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> he took a lot of flack because he didn't realize like how big... Avengers Endgame was, and I guess he got to see an early screening of it, and he was tweeting out about, spoiler alert, Robert oh, no. Robert Downey Jr.'s fate in this movie, and he just got lambasted on the internet. And for good reason. Yeah, on April 26, 2019, he tweets out, R.I.P. my dog Tony Stark, and this is T-O-N-E-Y, of course, and then absolutely <laughs> crucified by, oh, the internet... You know, he was asked very recently about that. And here's what he said, quote, I didn't know, like the reaction of people. I didn't know that. If I knew that, I would have never tweeted that. I didn't know that people really got into them cartoons like that. Oh, my God. What? End quote. (laughs) Them cartoons. Yeah. He speaks another language, a different language. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm also glad that you Googled that uh, he was an athlete before you asked uh, Art, because otherwise that would have been very racist. <laughs> oh, dude! All right, I got a sports dude. question for you. Who is this LaShawn McCoy? <laughs> anyway, he's, he's, he's a weird dude, guys. He had, like, this one thing that happened in the off-season. He, he was, like, hosting this weird orgy, and he was, like, explaining it on the internet. What? What? Yeah. Oh, Tell me more. Hosting an orgy legitimately? Something like that. And then, so, so my buddy who is in my fantasy football league we changed like our names every year and he's like his name one year was Shady's Weird Orgy <laughs> and that was like his nickname the Sean Shady McCoy and his, and his wow. Shady's Weird Orgy what was so weird about it I don't know you gotta go back and look at it but it was something and he was like trying to explain Kirsten? what it was yeah not yeah. weird he's just expanding his bang bubble <laughs> okay yeah. guys Kristen if you wanna go ahead and look that up and then send it through to the slack yeah. Okay, I will. That'd be great. Thank you. In the meantime, like, what's weird about the orgies? Like, orgies. Is he just like live streaming an orgy? Ooh, that's what we should do next. Brian's already done his uh, DJ. Next, the zone should do a live Dude, stream orgy. I know. That's okay. It's horrible. Uh, we got to wrap this up. Okay, let's quickly touch on that Facebook has bought <laughs> Giphy for $400 million. Have um, you guys all made your Facebook avatar bitmojis? Borf! Horrible! Yeah, they're dumb. They're dumb. Hey, fellow kids, get off of that TikTok! <laughs> Come back to Facebook! 
Uh, oh, oh, your racist aunt already made one. Um, okay, but you would like to make it too, right? Uh, is it Jiffy or Jiffy? Jiffy? Oh, yeah, Jiffy. That's my joke. Know. That was my joke at the beginning of the thing that Paul missed. Or didn't find it funny. I liked um, it. I, I lulled. Yeah, oh, the... Oh. Yeah. the uh, sorry, I, we're not talking about the Giffy thing. We're talking about the Avatars thing now. Okay. Uh, the, the funny thing about these, like, <laughs> social media trends is, like, you know, you make your Facebook avatar, is that all of a sudden it just pops up on your newsfeed. Everybody's doing this. Everybody's doing this. Everybody's yep. doing this. So that's the first stage. <laughs> stage two is one or two people being like, what the fuck is up with all the people doing the avatars? <laughs> yep, yep. And then maybe by, <laughs> like, later on this week, there's an article about saying... 10 reasons why oh. you shouldn't be making these avatars yeah. because it'll affect your yeah. your internet security. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, by next week, it'd be like, actually, avatars are okay because they're, uh, you know, for our mental health or something. Oh, my God. I love that's, that. Yeah, that's, that's great. A, that's a lifespan of everything that goes viral on the internet. That's hilarious. That's pretty funny, Ryan. Yeah. Everything that Facebook rolls out to try and remain relevant. Yeah. Good luck. But they're stupid and they don't look like anybody. No, no they're all nobody looks like their avatars. They're horrible. I'm gonna actually awful. start posting aged like the the photos of myself if I were like a uh, 70 or 80 year old. <laughs> <laughs> Try to get back on that train. Hey guys, here's the thing. I know a 70 year old lady who made one of these of herself. She still looks like a 24 year old cartoon. Like it does. It's not gonna work. It doesn't work. No. White hair or no? But they did give you the option to add wrinkles. They did. Oh, she just oh, maybe that's, maybe that's what is fine. she so vain? <laughs> yeah. So I'll touch on one more thing because we hit it in the intro. Uh, Avika Goldsman, who wrote the Batman and Robin movie from uh, 1997, uh, says, um, and I quote. I mean, we didn't mean for it to be bad. I swear, nobody was like, this will be bad. I mean, here's the irony. There was a reel that was put together halfway through filming where it actually looked dark in an interesting way. It is what it is, and I'm sorry. I think we're all sorry. So. Wow. So finally, Joe Schumacher does like, uh, he just apologizes for the entire movie and his director commentary of it. And it's really good, apparently. <laughs> Apology, <laughs> non acceptment. All right, well then, release the Goldsman cut. Let's go. <laughs> right? Yeah. Let's see this, this dark, gritty Mr. Freeze where what? He like squints before he says a pun? I don't. Like, <laughs> how do you make that? All right, everybody, chill. Yeah. How about with the oh, one man. scene? I just remember the one scene where they're like auctioning off something, and Batman like pulls out his credit card. Oh, <laughs> so I can never leave the Batcave without oh, yeah. it. So, so bad. And then like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like Mr. Freeze has like a choir of like his minions. They're all singing, and he's like directing them. Come on, come on, <laughs> sing. <laughs> It's so awful. <laughs> more more Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions from Brian, please. Uh, is there, yes. is there anything else we want to cover off? I'm very sorry I was late and put us behind and we got to we gotta go now. So anybody else want to touch anything? I just really quickly want to say that Mary Harrison sent us late-breaking news that apparently uh, Timothy Oliphant, who we knew was cast in season two of Mandalorian, it's now been confirmed that he is the one that is wearing Boba Fett's armor. Oh, interesting. Well. So it's not Boba Fett in Boba Fett's armor. Interesting. Right. Okay. We could we could talk about that more like next week, or you can go to uh, our Facebook group and you can read the article there that Mary posted. Cool. That's cool. Thanks, Mary. Um, did you all cover this Weird Al video while I was out of the room? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh we yeah. Did. And by the okay. way, Paul. 
<laughs> Let's all do it. Okay. Everyone, everyone finger, middle fingered. Okay, well, then I'd say, oh, I was too bad because of all my screaming and hatred, I really loved that a lot. I thought that was hilarious. That's from uh, the guys, uh, David Cross, Bob Odenkirk from Mr. Show. Did you guys tell you about that? Yeah. One of the greatest yep. sketch comedies of all time. Okay, great. I love that very, very much. One of all my favorite things. Did you talk about yes. the Matrix thing? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, we, we covered. Yeah, we covered. Oh, uh, okay. Sorry, I like man. that as well. Call the fuck off. That's okay. No, it was like it was a tough time to choose to go and rock a piss because there was so much good stuff. Okay. Um, tough time to have the bird flipped at us, but you know what do you do? Yeah. Well, it wasn't it, you guys. It was a Dave Filoni. Oh, jeez. Of course. Yeah. Truly. All right, Kirsten James, where can we find you on the internet? Um, Kirsten.james. Good enough. On Instagram. Here we go. Art Aronson. At Art Aronson on all socials. Paul? Uh, I just want to say, Kirsten, just take a day off. Relax today. (laughs) (laughs) This entire pod, you can't see this, this entire pod, Kirsten has been outside (laughs) lounging in the direct beautiful sunlight. And just like, there were two times I thought you were legitimately asleep during this, Kirsten. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Um, you. But I just mean like, I don't want to get a notification that you're going on a five kilometer walk right now. That's fine. Just relax. Oh, I see. And I, see. I told Kirsten last week, too, that my favorite part of um, editing the pod and putting it together is uh, it's a real race between Bud and Kirsten on adorable noises. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten. <laughs> They they, yeah. re- they really both do like Kirsten's little giggles are isolated, very very sweet, and uh, Bud of course uh, you know with uh, his little shut up ch- chuckles and squeaks yeah yeah Brian and Art step up your uh, giggle game there I know ah. <laughs> Brian where can we find you on the internet uh, boy bye, Art. Went, oh yeah by Art by Art Art at, at Art Aronson. Um, and then me, I'm at Boytano913, Twitter and Instagram, and DJ Boytano on Facebook. I know, don't you hate Filoni? <laughs> <laughs> and Art leaves with the finger. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Recording these by Zoom has been a great improvement, I gotta say. I yeah. love all of your faces. I might I'm start <laughs> posting some clips from our uh, recording sessions here. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I like to get um, the sunshine light in here before we do, so I'm not all washed out. Yeah, I'm so sorry that you have to record in that room and that I was outside in the sun for an hour. <laughs> she's yeah, losing weight go. sweating in the, in the sun just like by lying there it's great she's yeah. beating you in that challenge I'm mm-hmm. Webmeister Bud on all socials this has been the Geek Out Podcast episode 85 thanks for listening love you all bye the Geek Out Podcast is a production of the Zone at 91.3 the views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station and really some of those views are pretty stupid I mean come on for more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcasts or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.